Right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of the Dysfunctional Fitness Podcast. You are joined today by myself, Matthew Hosking, and my good friend and co-host, Ben Bodycum. Uh, we basically started this podcast as a vehicle to discuss, well, issues around the CrossFit space, but more specifically, um, the ongoings in the UK scene and European scene, as we feel like they're quite underrepresented by uh, CrossFit media. So we're basically just doing CrossFit's work for them. Um, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've been doing CrossFit for about five years, a bit on and off with the COVID times. Um, but during that time, I joined CrossFit BFG about three years ago. That's where I met Ben for the first time. Unfortunately, I was only there for about three months uh, until COVID hit. Then I was at home. And then back in my final year at uni last year, uh, I rejoined CrossFit BFG for a good seven to eight months where me and Ben uh, fostered a lovely friendship, battling each other at CrossFit Quizzes, uh, hosted by Dan Wagner. Uh, I like to say I took the win most of the times. So I think I hold the crown still, but I know Ben will be uh, eager to take it back sometime. So we'll have to set up a match and get Dan involved again as a quiz master. But yeah, I'll pass over to Ben so he can uh, introduce himself. Benjamin, take the floor. I appreciate it. Uh, so I've been doing CrossFit uh, for about six years at this point. I started uh, around when BFG opened, so I've pretty much only been a member at BFG. I did have a little bit of time at CrossFit Leicester before that, so have some exposure to different gyms, um, but I, I started by being passionate about the sport and enjoying the sport. You know, I'd, I'd be up uh, on those summer nights in August in 2013, 2014, watching uh, Froning continue to dominate at the games <laughs> the glory um, days the glory days the glory days the good old days where crossfit was crossfit and everything was short fast and heavy and and there wasn't any running <laughs> yeah there was no technique there was no running it was great I'm, i miss it i really really miss it um but now uh as as sort of uh matthew said i'm really interested in the sport i enjoy going to competitions um not as much taking part uh I, I definitely don't really have the, the caliber to do that. I'm very much a bubble quarterfinals athlete, uh, but really uh, excited to sort of start this uh, and explore it. And, and I think, you know, if, if I look back to when I first started doing Fran in my bedroom, uh, you know, seven or eight years ago, I, I, I didn't think I'd ever be sitting on a podcast talking about CrossFit, but here we are. Right. So through this first episode, we are basically going to outline the CrossFit season. Obviously, those who are in the CrossFit space and have been doing it for a while know about this. But for any new listeners, we'll just give a quick overview of how things work. And then we're going to do a little deep dive into the first stage, which is the Open coming up, technically starting in a few days. So basically, the way the season works is we start for Worldwide Open. That is open to literally anyone, anywhere. You can sign up. You pay a little fee if you want to upload scores online. And there's just one workout a week uh, for three weeks at the moment. That's the current format. It gets announced on a Thursday evening for UK people. And then you have to on Monday evening to attempt it as many times as you want and then upload your score. And then after those three weeks, 
there will be a cut line for the top 10% in your region. So us being in the UK, we are in Europe. So if you make that top 10% in Europe, you then are allowed to uh, basically move forward to the next stage, which is called the quarterfinals. From there, you sign up for the quarterfinals if you wish to participate in that. And then that is a three to four day competition window on which it's still an online format. But instead of the open where you get just one workout a week, you get uh, five workouts to complete over those few days. Uh, the way they're running it this year is that you are only going to get access to two on one day and have to do that within, I believe, probably a 24 hour period and upload those scores rather than the last two years you had access to all five and you could basically game the system a bit. So then from there, once scores are uploaded, um, there will be another cut line for those going to the semifinals. For Europe, it will be top 60, uh, not percent, literally just top 60 as a number from that top 10%. And those people get an invite to the next stage, which is the semifinals. This year, that's been hosted in Berlin uh, on the European side. And that top 60 there will battle it out for a spot at the CrossFit Games, which um, the number of spots is up in the air at the moment. There's at least 10. And then based off a new World Rider ranking system, we'll be allocated a few more spots, probably another two or three. So there could be about, I think, 12 to 13 spots for Europe. And from there, if you get one of those spots, you are made it to CrossFit Games and you're technically one of the 40 fittest people on earth. And then you will fly out to Madison to compete for a week. Um, yeah, in the sunshine. Uh, and that's it, really. Wow. But yeah, so we're... Not, not, not as sunny as, uh, as it used to be in Carson, California, I don't think. True, true. Not nowhere near as sunny. But uh, when I went out there in 2018, <laughs> I got really burnt, not going to lie. So I'm actually... It is, it is hot on that turf field. I can relate yeah, to that, athletes when they talk about I it in documentaries. No fitness more of... can relate to the, to the heat burn. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's more a reflection of your skin than necessarily uh, <laughs> how hot it was. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> right. So as the first stage is the Open, and that is coming up in a few days, we're just going to cover a few people from the UK who you might want to look out for on the leaderboards in the coming weeks. So we're going to start off with the men, and I'm just going to run through the top 10 from last year as there'll be a few names that some of you will recognize, some you might not recognize. So in first place last year, we had Connor Pennington. That was a surprise name. Um, no, I can't, well, speak for myself. I didn't really know who he was. I'm sure a lot of other people didn't know who he was. Just a young lad from the Isle of Man, but he did very well. Took the win, fair play to him. Um, I don't think he backed it up that well in the quarters, but that's fine. He's still improved. He might do that this year. In second place, we had a very popular name, Reggie Fasser, who is also a semi-final level athlete. A lot of you listening to this probably know who he is. Then in third, we had Joshua Chama, who's on the team. We had Elliot Simmons, who actually also made us to semis, but he is um, not competing this year because he's coming back from injury. Then in fifth place, we had Evander Harewood. Sixth place, Liam Hogan. Seventh place, Harry Lightfoot. Eighth place, we had Big Zach George from CrossFit BFG. He also made it to semis. In ninth place, we have Oleg Lysenko. Is that how you pronounce it, Ben? I believe so, yeah. All right, cool. And then tenth place, we had Jack Turner. Um, just some notable names who weren't in that top 10, but I think you might want to follow on the leaderboards in the coming weeks. We had Dan Tai. He came 69th last year. Um, looking through the stats, quite surprised about his week uh, one performance. Um, maybe that was either him just not being fully fit or... 
as they say, the Open doesn't matter that much anymore. So maybe he took that quite literally and uh, just sandbagged the first event. Um, but I'd expect to see him quite high up this season, at least top 20 in the UK. And then we also had some names of uh, Tom Watson and Maurice Newman. Tom Watson did very well at a European Champs this past year, RIP, the worst run event in the history of CrossFit. And Maurice Newman has been on a rampage doing almost every competition under the sun, plus I believe like uh, triathlons or Ironmans. Um, I think fairly new name on the scene, but um, he seems like he's here to stay for a bit and uh, make a name for himself. Ben, is there anything you would like to add to the men's side? Uh, I think, yeah, I think highlighting Dan Tai is probably a really good shout. Um, if you look at his quarterfinal performance last year, um, which is obviously the stage after the Open. He was had a crazy high score across every single workout, um, and it was just one workout that he came down in, which is uh, the rope climb, warble, and shuttle workout, which uh, for those of you who uh, weren't active in the space at that point or weren't necessarily following news that closely, uh, there was a lot of controversy surrounding due to the fact that one shuttle run was there and back again. And so I think there was, a, there was an understanding amongst a lot of people that it was just there. So essentially what you had was a lot of people doing half the work uh, on the runs and it not being picked up by CrossFit. So you still had people who won, technically won that workout worldwide whose scores were non impossible and didn't reflect necessarily reflect their fitness level sitting really high up. So I, I know that Dan was pretty aggrieved about that. Um, uh, after he, he, he was also planning to go team last year. Uh, they were training out in Denmark uh, himself, his partner, Saf, uh, and a couple of others. Um, but unfortunately, one of their team members uh, ended up having to come for surgery. So I, th I think it was, it, was a, it was a lot going on. Um, so I think a little bit more of a stable 2023 should be a really good uh, position for him. Uh, the, the, a couple of other people we haven't mentioned, Sammy Wright made it to semifinals last year. Um, he did. He, he did. Yeah. Yeah. He made it. It was at strength and depth. He was the, the fourth British guy at Sid. Um, so there were, there were four individuals at, uh, semifinals altogether. That was Reggie Fassett, Elliot Simmons, Zach George and Sammy Wright. Um, so excited to see what he can do this year. Um, there's a couple of other names I wanted to call out as well. We haven't referenced David Chironki. Uh He mm. had a really strong off-season. Um, podiumed at Madrid, which is uh, a, a, a re relatively high standard of competition. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he can do uh, this year going into it. And, and a couple of other names who had some really strong quarterfinals placements, but not consistent i would say uh ben hathaway competing out of second city crossfit uh which is in birmingham uh he had some like a couple of top 100 performances um but wasn't able to back it up across the board uh toby buckland as well threw up some crazy numbers uh from the strength side of things so really interested to see if he's been able to bring up those other parts of his game um and be become a more balanced athlete essentially uh, but seeing as he uh, hit a 140 kilo block snatch the other day, I think he hasn't lost any strength, certainly. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, that guy does not need to work on strength, put it that way. <laughs> no. 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 
Um, right. Are you good with the men then? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Like, um, obviously with, with Zach going team with Elliot injured, Josh Rosharma still staying on a team that covers like some, some of what you'd expect to be the top performers, um, from the UK. Uh, so that there, there appears to be some gaps opening up. Uh, And and I think particularly when we start to look at the women, you you start to think, okay, why have we only got four men in the top 60 at, uh, at semifinals? I'll just argue it's not good enough. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of uh, other Europeans are just better. Um, Yeah. Quite simple, really. Um, from uh mr hosking there and a very a very aggressive <laughs> I mean, you've got myself in that same bucket <laughs> um okay so now moving on to the ladies to look out for this season we should run through the top 10 from last year's open so we had in first place amy kringle i'm sure many of you know who she is if you follow the space uh, she also made it to semi-finals then second place, we had Lucy Campbell, obviously um, great finish at the Games last year. I believe it was 16th place. She also went, obviously, to semis. Then in third, we had Georgia Davenport. Fourth, Helena Collins. Fifth place, Ella Wilkinson. But she is announced she will not be competing this season because of focusing on her studies at uni. Sixth place, we had Sam Briggs. But she will also be not competing because she is retired. Seventh place, we had Sapphire Goddard, who also made it to semis. Eighth place, we had Madeline Harris, who I believe is going team uh, with CrossFit Ellsbury. Ninth place, we had Taylor Howe, who also made it to semis. And in 10th place, we had Lois Smith. Um, some notable names I believe you should look out for uh, is Jennifer Muir. She came 24th last year, and this year it seems like she's made some good progress in the offseason. So she'll be one to watch uh, in the next few weeks. We also have Megan Lovegrove, who made it to semis. We have Evie Hollis, who made it to semis. Uh, and we also have Hannah Phipson, who made it to semis. Um, so those are some of the ladies who weren't in the top 10 in the Open, but actually made it to semis post-quarterfinals. Uh, uh, ben, any addition to that? I think uh, the, the thing that we probably struggle with here is just knowing who's going to go team, who's going to go individual. Because uh, last year, I think it was in total, there were uh, 11 females who actually qualified for semifinals. Um, but as you've already mentioned, look, people like Matt Harris, people like Helena Collins, ended up going on to, on to teams. Um, we'll, we'll come on to discuss the teams a little bit later. So it's going to be interesting to see how many of those can make it back. Um, and how many how many of those are actively competing again you know i I think what's going to be with we're all aware of how competitive the europe region is from uh, particularly on the female side so trying to see okay how many game spots are there going to be it's all in one big semi-final which um previous years it has never been it's always been multiple semi-finals with five spots in each now it's just, uh, we, we, it's a little bit of an unknown. We know there's going to be at least 10, but could there be more than that? Like, who knows at this point? Um, it all depends on how everyone performs. So it's going to be really interesting to see how many of the um, 
uh, of the British girls are going to be able to to push to to make it uh, to semi-finals in particular, which is more what I'm looking at. I think a- Amy's had a fairly strong off-season competing in Dubai and Wadapalooza. Uh, Taylor had some surgery middle part last year, but then came back and was lit- hitting crazy big numbers at Dubai. Um, so she should be in a really good position going forward. Um, I know Saf's done some competitions as well. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think we, we're sort of, Lucy is, is in a great position. She appears to have just been hammering her weaknesses over the off season. Uh, so really excited to see how that pays off for her going forward. Right, guys, we're going to now be moving on to uh, some team. So I'll say Ben, that's more of his speciality than me. So he's going to take the floor and guide you through um, the team structure and then some people to look out for. So we've had many different iterations of team over the years with CrossFit. We started out with six-person teams, then it moved to four um, with the original being that it's an affiliate cup is what it's meant to be. So originally it was, okay, everyone has to be a member at your gym. Last year, there was some, uh, and those are the rules for last year, four-person team, everyone is a member of that affiliate and has to live within 100 miles of that affiliate. Obviously, for countries like the UK, it's very easy to live within 100 miles of an affiliate. But for countries like the US, where, you know, it's a much bigger uh, country, it's obviously slightly different um, uh, for them and can be a little bit more difficult to, to form teams. What's happened this year is that now all you have to do as a team is complete the open workouts at the affiliate that you want to be a, uh, a part of a team for. So that does mean that I think we're shifting back a little. There's, there's less stringent on teams. So you can you know, you can still live wherever and compete under a, under a particular affiliate, uh, which, which I think makes the team competition a little bit more exciting. It makes things a little bit easier. Um, there were a number of issues last year with teams, not all being necessarily members, not living in the right place, not doing the right things, um, which caused a number of teams just to just not be able to compete. Uh, there, there was some controversy around. But looking for the UK, uh, we only actually had one team make it to the games last year, and that was 80-20 CrossFit uh, out of Northern Ireland. Um, but we did have a number of other teams actually qualify, um, but not be able to make it due to uh, a couple of drug sanctions. So Aylesbury had uh, one of their athletes test positive as did CrossFit Mayflower had one of their athletes test positive uh, as well. So they didn't end up sending a team to the games. Um, but overall, if we look at the total number of teams that made it through to quarterfinals, um, there were, uh, I think it was eight in total uh, that ended up there. Um, so, and, and we're, we're sort of expecting those types of teams to, to make it back again. Um, Blueprint AOD were in a qualifying position, uh, but one of their athletes popped his hamstring in the middle of, uh, I think it was the penultimate event, like running to cross the finish line. It's honestly one of the most heartbreaking things to watch because um, you watch it go. Um, and yeah, you, you can see that he knows that, that it's 
that's it done. But really excited to see them go again this year uh, and make it back to the games because I think they qualified in 2021 as well. Um, West Leeds CrossFit uh, made it as well. Uh, you referenced Jack Turner earlier, who came 10th in the Open. He was on their team roster last year. Uh, interested to see if they try again uh, and try to make it. CrossFit Aylesbury, who we've already referenced, are going again um, after placing, uh, I think it was originally they placed fourth in uh, at strength and depth last year. They would have, uh, they, they've changed their team roster, obviously, uh, to accommodate the, the ban uh, to Mike. And uh, they're looking to make it again uh, and seeing how they work together, I'm pretty excited to, to see them push for it and try and make it again. CrossFit Mayfair was the other team who ended up, were going to get a backfill spot for Aylesbury because um, they were sixth and top five teams go, uh, but ended up not getting it because the athlete had tested positive. Uh, again, we've mentioned Helena Collins. Not entirely sure what that team is looking like for this year and if they're going to try and put another team in. Um, one team that I am really excited to see after straight after their inspiring uh, performance at Strength and Depth Origins uh, last month, this month, a couple of weeks back, whenever it was, um, is Surbiton slash Motion Training. Uh, so they were fourth at the games in 2021 uh, with a slightly different team makeup. So with Harrison and Grace, um, they've now brought in Tom Watson and Karis Webster. So two UK athletes. I'm really interested to see how they're able to gel together and how they're able to work together. Um, Harrison's got a crazy amount of team experience. I think he's done seven different teams, all of them making regionals and a couple of them making the games as well, along with Grace as well. So Excited to see uh, if adding in Tom Watson and Karis Webster is just going to help them get to that level as well. Uh, there was a couple of others that made it to quarterfinals as well. Uh, CrossFit Bladen, uh, CrossFit Rotherham and Witham as well. Uh, Witham always able to pull in some teams. Uh, and then in terms of new teams, I haven't seen many announced uh, in terms of like people posting stuff on social media. Like The wider European side of things, we're seeing some some big super teams come in, like Sam Stewart joining the prepared team as an example. Andre Houdet making up his own team uh, with no short with no shortcuts, his training program. Uh, but there is one team that I do know a little bit about. Um, BFG and team training programming uh, come together. So that's Zach, George, Will Kane, Nicole Crouch, and Janie Garrett uh, coming together to form a team. Um, Will has always been a really strong crossfitter. Um, so excited to see like one of the fittest guys, uh, if you look at his, he was 35 last year or 36. Um, so he tried to make, uh, make it through age groups and some of the scores that he put up were really, really good. So excited to see what that team can do, um, this season as well. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Right, so now we're just going to move on to some fun little picks. So we're going to pick a winner for um, the Open in the UK, in Europe, and worldwide. So I'll start off with the UK winners. So I believe this year we're going to see Reggie Fasser take the win on the men's side. And on the ladies' side, it was a toss-up between Lucy Campbell and Amy Kringle. Um, but if I think this person's... Um, 
healthy and fit, they're going to take the win, and that's going to be Lucy Campbell. Ben, what about you? Uh, for the UK, I think that we're going to see Reggie win it on the men's side. Uh, and I think that on the women's side, we will see Amy win it. Oh, I mean, it is basically between Amy and Lucy based off last year. Um, so we'll just see who... Uh... I, I, I think Taylor's Taylor's got a chance to get it. Yeah, she's I, got... I, think, I think had... Ben, everyone's the... got a chance. I've got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slim chance, but... <laughs> I, I don't have a chance. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I, I, I think had the changed the scoring system whereby they were waiting the open a little bit more people would put more effort into it but yeah. at the end of the day like whether you finish like top what is it top thousand or top 500 like you get the same score out of it um that feeds into your overall world world ranking so, oh yeah for the world rankings yeah yeah so i i don't see people putting as much emphasis on it as they have done and instead just coming in, do the open, carry on with their day of training, like not making a big deal about it, not repeating it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I sit with it at the moment. I agree. I agree. Right. We'll go on to European winners. So I think on the women's side, we're going to see Emma McQuaid take the win. And the men's side, we're going to see Yonikowski, uh Emma McQuaid and Yonikowski, um are both built for the open pretty much just that quick high turnover rate type workouts uh they've proved it with wins in past uh, events and i don't see any signs of them slowing down soon um and i don't think anyone up there um has done enough for me to put them above those two picks for a win so yeah that's who i've gone for uh ben uh on the men's side i think that we will see Alex Katoulis win it. As long as there's dumbbell snatches and dirty box strip overs, he'll win it. Uh, and then on the women's side, I think Matilda Garland might do it. Um, I did think that. I did, that did come to the, mind. The Norwegians are, and, and this is something that, that I picked out of the um, uh, the SID quarterfinal, especially on the team side. So the top 10 teams were three of them were from Norway, four from the UK, two from Denmark and one from Sweden. That obviously that was pre disqualifications, but to me, it's just, uh, for those of you who don't know, Norway prioritizes the international functional fitness competition and gives state funding to athletes. So they've got a huge team. They continuously win the world championships in that sport, which is similar ish sport to CrossFit. Uh, so I'm, I'm expecting us to just see Norway just keep coming up and keep cropping up as a country that's sending some really high caliber athletes, uh, out. So yeah, I'm going to go with Matilda Garns and, uh, Alex Katoulis. The, uh, Alex Katoulis shout is a bit interesting because I feel like, um, if it doesn't have box jumps, wall walks or dumbbell snatch, he ain't winning. Uh, <laughs> especially compared to Yonikoski. Like if you just look at their scores last year, Koski absolutely smoked him in, 22.2 and 22.3 and Alex Katunas did smash Yonikoski in the first one but odds are we're not going to see that first that type of test on the first week again um, so it'll be interesting 
we've had a not to pre-jump um what we're saying but we've had dumbbell snatch burpee box jump over or dumbbell snatch box jump over combination for the past two years we have indeed we have indeed so which I'm, exactly so you've just you've just proven my point as i just said <laughs> it's almost it's almost like it's almost like we're just continuing we're going to see something similar to that um oh, not yeah if we do <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm not ready for 150 dumbbell snatches again. <laughs> um, okay, now we're going to move on to a worldwide pick for the Open. So I'll start uh, with the ladies, and I think, well, pretty obvious pick, Mal O'Brien is going to win the CrossFit Open worldwide. Last year, she came first, second, first. Um, yeah, absolutely crushed it. Don't see any signs of her slowing down. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she won all three this year. If there's a heavy, heavy barbell, she probably won't win that one. Maybe if it's like a two-parter. But anything, gymnastics, low skill, high tempo, she's just going to crush it. So yeah, I think she's going to take an easy dub and an easy $10,000. Uh, ben, your pick? 10000 I thought it was only 2000 I thought it was 2023. What? What, for a win? The open prize winning. I think if you win overall, game. you get like ten thousand dollars. Oh, is that just for winning an event? You no, overall. Oh, yeah, maybe for an event. If you uh, you might get like you you might get a few oh. bucks if you win the individual workout. But I believe if you win the open overall, it's at least ten thousand. It might be fifteen. It's definitely ten to fifteen if you win the worldwide open, which is not not too shabby. No, it, it just completely changes how I'm viewing this open. Like, I might take it seriously. Now. I was going to say, you might have a chance. <laughs> um, I think on the women's side, yeah, like it's hard to look past Mal. Like, she's in sort of that doorway fitness uh, kind of thing that, that the open tends to be, which is just, you know, very much emphasizes range of motion and speed of movement. Mm. Um, I, I don't really see how she's going to get beaten. To be honest, um, I tell so, you, yeah, really I, surprised me uh, when you're looking at the leaderboard from last year. Haley Adams in third I know. place. I know. I know she's fit, but third place in the Open. And you talk about like doorway fitness. I wouldn't put her as a doorway fitness type athlete. She's more like the no. ones at the games, like you know the Capital, where it's like a long sludge type event. But yeah, third place in the Open that is uh, pretty impressive. And taking 16th in the deadlift one. Okay, obviously it's not max strength, but you still had to be fairly strong and enduring to put up a good yeah. score. And for her to come 16th in that was uh, actually very, very surprising. Um, I think a dark horse pick, Jamie Simmons. Jamie Simmons mm. always does well in the open. Um, she's back at full fitness this year. So that's my that's my dark horse. But yeah, we'll leave it there for now. All right. Well, oh, if you're going to do a dark horse, I'll do a dark horse. Anika okay. Greer. Nice. nice. Um, she's built for the open. Again, small, short range of motion. Very fit, obviously. Uh, 16th last year. And she, well, big announcement. She's started training with Training Think Tank. And Ooh. the OG, Max El Haj, as a new coach. Um, I think that's a pretty interesting, um, like, combo of athlete-coach. I suppose it almost like the, uh, it's like replacing, because obviously Noah's in his last year. And Noah, I suppose, fit that type of athlete mold. Um, a bit more out there compared to, like, Travis. Um, and then Annika's probably more the female version, I suppose. Um <laughs> So it'll be interesting how they get on the season and she's still extremely young and getting better. Um, so yeah, would not be surprised to see her be up there. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, just depends if she can upload her videos in time. 
I was literally going to make that joke, but I thought it'd be bad. So well done. you made the bad joke for me. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I say what we're both thinking. Such a good wavelength. <laughs> you recycle my jokes and even use. <laughs> right. Okay. We'll move on to the men picks. So Ben, do you want to start for the men this time? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the, the men is always dominated by the Americans. Mm. Um, and I find it it's quite hard. Was the announcement. That's, that's, that's the reason. Yeah. The whole thing is US centric. We all know this rigged from the start. <laughs> um, I find it hard to look past Saxon uh, again. Like it's his kind of thing. Uh, he should just absolutely smash it. He always does. Like, I think he won quarterfinals the year before as well uh, for the US. So he loves an online competition. Like, loves an online competition. And, and and I think being in East Nashville um, and training with the Proven Crew, like you get so much data on what a good time and what a good score is that it means that you're you're instantly like you can raise your game up a level so much. Um, obviously, we won't have Tia pushing them this year, but yeah, I think I think it'll do quite well. Nice, right? Well, I am stuck because originally I was going to pick the Mullet Man, Justin Medeiros, uh, to take the win. Um, he's he was very very close to a section uh, last year. Um, pretty much no real difference between uh, the top five. Really, it was actually very close on points. But the man behind him, he's been on a mission. Colton Mertens, talk about doorway fitness. No one has built like that man. Uh, zero range of motion, perfect for the open. Um, only thing is, if my uh, open prediction that I pick in, in the next section is uh, true, he might struggle a bit. Um, so it might not work that well. So I can't, I can't, it's hard to pick. Do I want to be right about my open prediction? Do I want to be right about the winner of the Worldwide Open? Um, but I am going to fall back on Justin. He is, um, obviously the reigning fittest man on earth. Um, but I'll give him something this year cause I don't think he's actually going to win the games. So I'll give him one win, uh, for the season. Um, and then yeah, dark horse, uh, I don't want to pick, uh, Oh, dark horse, Jake Berman. He's another one who I think is a man on the mission. Um, I think he's one of the most actually interesting athletes to follow, even though he hardly puts anything out there. Um, I believe his Instagram account is actually private now as well. So you don't even follow him. Um, uh, and he's obviously, if anyone knows the story, he's been very, very close uh, to making the games quite a few times, especially last season. He finished sixth at semis by literally one or two points. If he had lunged, it was probably two seconds faster across the finish line. He would have made it. And then at last chance qualifier, he also missed out by one or two points. And mathematically, I think if he'd gone, it was like five foot more on the handstand walk workout, the row into the handstand walk, he would have made it as well. And it's been a bit like that the last few seasons. So I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, and I would not be surprised for him to put up some good scores in the open. Did I do a dark horse? Uh, not for the men, no. Not for the men? No. All right. Easy one. Scott Tetler. Yeah, well, that's Colton Merson's 2.0. Yeah, so, I know. Um, yeah. Range of Motion King. Did you watch their uh, Fit Wars battle? I did not. I did not. Um, was it? It was, well, they literally designed the workout for them. So it was, I believe it was something like a, I can't remember the time domain. It was about 10 minutes um, of uh, burpee ring muscle-ups and 
squat cleans and it was one of those ones where like the burpee ring muscle up reps i believe went up or maybe they said the same but then the clean squat clean reps decreased but the weight came up um i believe colton took the dub i think uh, but it was a battle of zero range of motion um <laughs> literally. yeah it was a nine minute amrap yeah that's it 15 squat cleans at 135, which is 61. Yeah. Six burpee ring muscle ups. 12 squat cleans at 102 and a half. Six burpee ring muscle ups. Mm-hmm. Nine squat cleans at 275, which is correct if I'm wrong, is 125. Mm-hmm. Um, and AMRAP burpee ring muscle ups in remaining time. Obviously, those are the men's scores. Mm-hmm. Merton's got 19 in that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's big. Um, I think it was quite close, though. I think they were about five reps away from each other. Because I believe, I think what happened was, if you watch it back, I believe um, Scott Taylor went out with like an unbroken touch and go set on the first barbell. Terrible or at least idea. like, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he uh, got a bit punished for that. Cool. Okay, we're now just going to have a bit of fun as the Open starts in a few days. We are going to use our big brains and try predict the first Open workout of 2023 um yeah can't wait to be way off the mark but we'll give it our best shot so ben why don't you uh give us your uh version of 23.1 so i think it's going to be uh an 18 minute amrap of five toes to bar 10 dumbbell hand cleaning jerks and 15 burpees over dumbbell Interesting. So a little spin-off, I believe, 18.1, which was, I can't remember what the reps were, but it was the same, toes to bar, hand clean jerk, and row, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, under not row. No, it was definitely row. It was, 100% row. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I take it back. That's 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 right. Don't worry, don't worry. One. I only know that because 18.1 was my first ever crossfit workout um but i did do it scaled so imagine me doing knee raises uh, i think a 15 kg dumbbell and rowing at probably like 800 cows per hour on the on the rower pace um and all and always starting each set with my right hand so my right arm was absolutely pumped compared to my left by the end of it um so those are the days peak that was the peak of my career to be fair um and we also did it in class at ttz the other day for the members so they got a taste and that was 20 minutes long as well yeah, had, um, I did a variation on it where we changed the toaster bar or so it was essentially two rounds. We changed the toaster bar for chest bar and the dumbbell hand clean jerk for hang dumbbell snatch. Um, and it was very much just a grip workout. Mm, yeah, it's just all grip. It's just, yeah, how do you manage your grip through that? I wouldn't even say it's that. Like, it's a bit aerobic, obviously, but it's just honestly grip for that yeah, length right. of time. Yeah. I think I think I speak for both of us when I both say that we are both grip limited athletes. So uh, please make sure there is no grip involved for the whole of the open. Please and thank you. Yeah, yeah. I have zero grip. Um, cool. Right, that's interesting. So I'll um, oh yeah, pick mine then. So I think we are going to see a repeat, and I believe I think it's going to be. A repeat of 19.1, which was the 15-minute AMRAP of 19 cow row and 19 wool balls. Um, 
only twist. You never know because of the year. They might change the reps to 23 and 23 if they're trying to be cute. I mean, it won't make a difference for the same time domain because it's still the same reps. Obviously, the, the sets itself will be a bit deeper, like denser. So it might make it uh, a touch tougher, but there'll be less transitions at the same time. So even if it is that type of rep scheme, um, I think the scores will be pretty similar. Uh, the reasons for picking that is, well, one, low barrier to entry. Anyone can hop on a rower and do a few wall balls. Uh, so very simple skills. Um, it won't hopefully deter too many people. Um, and then um, there'll still be a good separation value between the best of the best and just your average gym goer, just because you need to be extremely fit if you want to put up a good score on that, just pure work capacity. And then digging into, um, this is like, more just projection on my behalf, but the four people they've asked to come do the announcement performed very well worldwide on this workout back in the day. So we had Gabby Mogawa, who uh, back then in 2019 came 33rd in the world with 337 reps. We had Laura Horvath, who came 16th in the world with 343 reps. We had BKG, who came fifth in the world with 399 reps and we had a very raw newbie Lazar Dukic who came who did come 1,265th in the world but this is a different Lazar Dukic now and I think those three with him I think I would not be surprised if they bring that worker out um, fits into their capacity very well and yeah I think it'd be a good watch I think that our repeat will come later interesting Interesting. I think it will come in workout three, but uh, workout three. I have, to, I have to tune in next time to find out uh, what I think it will be. Exactly. I think repeat is well. Again, we have to find out what happens on week one. But I think yeah. if it's not this one, I think repeat will be week two. I think it's going to involve a barbell. Okay. Well, that is coming to the end of the show. We just got a bit of news uh, that we might want to break down, and then that'll be that. So for those in the space, they might have seen that SIDS have made a big announcement that uh, coming in, I believe it's July the 14th to the 16th, is the UK Championships. Now, from my understanding, it's ideally going to be a big event for all um, well crossfitters who take it quite seriously in the UK. I'm not sure if it's going to be open to European participation, um, but... By the format, it sounds like it's going to be, well, maybe a three-day event uh, based on the dates, uh, individual, uh, males, females, and I believe there will be a team competition as well. Um, quite a cool thing they've put when they put out on their Instagram post is that any uh, semi-final athletes who don't make it to the games will get an automatic spot at the competition, which I think is pretty cool. Just saves the faff of qualifiers, and I believe that's something that a lot of competitions should use um for a lot of events really um but yeah uh quite exciting on their instagram they did put uh on their post that they want to make a quote-unquote games style experience so take uh what you want from that in my mind that means um possibly a three-day beatdown of at least three events a day uh maybe four which would be quite cool maybe an off-site event uh that venue i believe has does that water access near it maybe i'm not sure um well at least a run or something but that could be quite cool i don't know uh ben if you've got any thoughts on that yeah i think it's so if, if you look across the rest of europe like there's always been 
this one event that sort of is the pinnacle of that national uh it's a european standard event but it carries very much like a sort of national um uh, what's the phrase i'm looking for like a national standard like a really high standard like you want to aim to get to that you know for the people who can't make semis that's the one they want to aim for so france obviously has the french throwdown spain has the madrid championship uh germany has the german throwdown um and because sid strength and depth has always really been tied up within semi-finals it's made it a little bit more difficult to uh to sort of separate that out and they tried to do it with their with their rx side of things but i think just having a sole focus on this competition not being a semi-final this year the semi-finals being run by crossfit in berlin um i'm really excited for what this competition can be uh sid do a great job of organizing events and know how to put on really really good well-run events um which uh, it's a really good thing. There's de- certainly some money backing it after their merger between them and NFG. Uh, so we don't need to worry about what happened with other high caliber UK events that have happened in the past year. Uh, so yeah, really excited to see what it turns into and hopefully turns into very much a celebration of the UK CrossFit community. Well said, well said. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the first episode in the books. Um, please forgive any uh, sound quality issues or camera issues. Be kind. Hashtag be kind. Um, <laughs> we've had our best. Inaccuracies in anything that we've said. Exactly. Um, oh, there's lots of that. Don't worry about that. Don't, well, you can berate us for that. Um, yeah, so we'll try our best to improve each episode. We'll take the Mr. Beast model. We'll just reinvest all earnings back into the podcast. I'm say all earnings, just our hearts and our passion. Uh, zero finance. Um, but yeah, that's the first one in the books. Uh, the next one, ideally, we are going to do a uh, recap uh, after the 23.1 announcement. So we'll jump on a call um review the workout our thoughts uh see how far off we were on our predictions um or how close we were you never know could have got on the money never happened but there's a first time for everything but yeah that's it um bye